Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I am committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. And you know what? As long as you have a tired child and a phone, you and I can work together. And I love this because it doesn't matter where you live. I have clients in Spain, Germany, Hong Kong, Alaska, California, here in Virginia. It doesn't matter. What really comes down to it is, are you ready and are you willing to work on your child's sleep story? So whether you've had an excuse that we don't have enough bedrooms in our house, or our house is too small, or our baby is just unique and a unicorn and just can't sleep, I'm here to tell you it's just not true. Sleep is a thing. And today I'm talking with a mom, Elizabeth Bean, who is sharing her adoption story with us. And we talk about adoption because this is National Adoption Month. And I want to celebrate adoption and fostering and the families that I've worked with in both of those situations. And we want to celebrate sleep no matter how or where you are. And so I'm here to share Elizabeth's story because she is really teaching us how we can support moms going through the fostering process and the adoption process and how we can best encourage them. And if you know anything about what I do in sleep, it's all about encouraging because sleep training is hard, y'all. This is why I have my job. So I'm so eager for Elizabeth to share with us her story of adoption, but also how we can encourage others who are in the same process. So I hope you enjoy today's episode with Elizabeth Bean. Well, Elizabeth, thanks so much for being here today. I um, don't even remember. I feel like we we worked together months ago, but I think I've I feel like I've known you for a while because of your amazing little baby who I love watching on Insta stories. <laughs> so much fun! So thank you for being here today. I'm so excited. I'm Yay. really excited. So tell us a little bit about you. Where are you located? What do you do? Your little one. So we live in Dallas, Texas, and my husband and I have been married for six years, um, and we have an eight-month-old baby girl. She's eight months this week. Makes me so sad. (laughs) Um, And we adopted her at birth in January of this year. And my husband's a musician, and I am a wedding photographer, and um, I also run a team, a lead a team. Um, and, and, and essential oil educator. So lots going on. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, all right. So you, you were in the adoption process from the very beginning with her from the, from her yes. birth. So mm-hmm. could you walk us through, I know everyone's adoption process and story is different. What is like a good snapshot of your adoption process pre and now post? Yeah. So we had been trying to get pregnant for several years, um, and I'm trying to think, the summer of, I guess it would have been 2016, um, I just started feeling like I, maybe we're going to adopt, but we didn't really know anything. We were still trying to get pregnant, and um, we just really started feeling that stirring in our hearts for adoption, mm-hmm. um, but kind of didn't really move forward. And then in February of 2017, we found out, um, that we could not have biological children like at all. Mm -hmm. Um, even with science and all that, there's just no way we could have biological children. So as soon as we got that news, we were devastated, but we knew instantly like, okay, we're going to grow our family through adoption. So that was in February of 2017. And then in July of 2017 is when we actually started the adoption process. Um, and we 
instead of just working with one agency, we actually hired a consultant, um, kind of like a sleep consultant <laughs> for adoption. Yeah. Um, we were very pro consultants over here. Yes. <laughs> um, hired, <laughs> hired an adoption consultant. And so when you do that, you work with multiple agencies instead of just one. Um, so started with that in July, did our home study in September, end of September. So by November, we were what's considered a waiting family. So since we were working with a consultant, um, the wait time was supposed to be a little bit shorter than normal. Mm -hmm. um, so typically when you work with an agency domestically, they tell you about two years. And with a consultant, it can be that long, um, but they, they tell you generally like nine to 12 months. There's some crazy stories out there of people getting matched really quickly, but we were pretty much prepared for about nine months to a year. Yeah. Um, so we were awaiting family in November, which means we were home city approved, had everything together. So at that point we were presenting our profile to expectant mothers. Um, and then they were looking at profiles and picking the family for their child. Um, so that's kind of the season we were in. So that was mid November. Um, we saw quite a lot of, um, profiles and we presented a couple times. Um, but we just, um, I don't know. It was, it's such a weird pro it's such a weird process to be like, hey, could this be our child? Is our, is this our child's future birth mom? And, um, I think we got turned down once, um, a couple other times we tried presenting, but we presented too late. And so nothing was really working out. And, um, then in December, we presented, we got an email from this um, agency that we had kind of met with before through our consultant and um, she emailed me and I, um, I emailed her back really quickly. <laughs> like I typed up the email, like, yes, we, this is perfect. We would love to present to her. Um, and I called my husband and I was like, Lindsay just emailed me. She has this expectant mom. I don't even think I opened the PDF to actually read the details, I just instantly was like, oh my gosh, yes, like totally on board. And that had never happened before. Yeah. I called him. He didn't even listen to what I was saying. He just instantly said yes. And then we were like, wait, we should probably read about this expectant mom and this baby. And, um, but even after we read it, we were like, yes, totally on board. Mm -hmm. Um, and all the other, uh, profiles we had looked at before we were just, except for that one, we were just kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And we were pretty open um, on our paperwork of what we were open to as far as like ethnicity and um, different medical issues and all these things. So we weren't being super picky. We just, you know, it just didn't feel right. So we presented and then about a week later, I got a phone call from um, that agency and they were like, are you ready to be a mom? And I like burst into tears. Wow. It was the craziest phone call of my life. Yeah. Um, and my husband was actually pulling in the driveway. And so she was like, okay, this is your one opportunity. Like, I know you're never going to get a positive pregnancy test, um, but go tell your husband, like go surprise him. So I have a video of me telling him. Um, so that was like awesome. And we like oh, bawled and oh, wow. Um, yeah, so went and told our family and recorded all the all their reactions and stuff. So that was in December, um, and then a month later we flew to North Carolina and uh, she was born. So I got to be in the delivery room. Kevin actually had my husband had the flu, so oh my gosh, he wasn't 
he wasn't able to be in there, but uh, he got to be in there two days later. But yeah. I was able to spend lots of time with our daughter's birth mom in the hospital and see her be born and all that kind of stuff. So it was crazy fast. So we were only an active family for a month and then a month later she was born. So that's, we were one of those crazy stories that we heard. Um, Yeah. Expecting to have a baby in the next year. And then it was like, Oh, you're having a baby in four weeks. So wow. Really crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> that is amazing. So what was that month of preparation like for you guys? I mean, what kind of were you like, okay, quick, got to get a room together. Were you even, were you even yeah. concerned about things when you were just concerned about um, her or what? I, I think I was kind of in shock. <laughs> um, I had been collecting like baby items, like a couple things of clothes and swaddles we bought a stroller before we were ever awaiting family. We've just been kind of doing it little by little. Mm-hmm. It was kind of one of those things that like, since I wasn't pregnant, but I knew that we were, I knew we were having a baby. I just didn't know where the baby was. And so yeah. I felt like it was really important for me um, to just do what I would do if I was pregnant and just still prepare for that baby. I knew that baby was coming. A lot of people were like, I don't know, maybe one day, but we, we were so confident that we were having a baby and it was going to be soon. Um, so we had been preparing. So that month, I think we really like amped up nursery preparation. Um, we had found out the day after we were, um, af- the day after the, our birth mom had chosen us, um, we had found out it was a girl. So that was really exciting. Um, I saw about a couple girl clothes and kind of prepped for the nursery, but also mostly just prepped to be in another state for, an amount of time that I didn't know. Right. Uh, Oh, that's true. Typically typically they tell you like two-ish weeks, but she was in the NICU for over a month. So we were there, I think five weeks total. Um, So first of all, having your first baby in another state is crazy. So yeah, yeah, a lot of preparation, a lot of me just sitting around the house, freaking out what was about to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I'm kind of skipping ahead of myself because I wanted to ask this question at the end, but now you have experienced what that time is like. If, if listeners are, they know people uh-huh. who are experiencing that same, they, they know of people who are in that same season. What is a yeah. way that we can support moms that are in that stage, whether they are waiting for a year or waiting for four weeks? I would say just treat it like they're actually having a baby. Because <laughs> um, they basically like are. Yeah. I mean, I know this sounds so weird, but the summer before that summer, like right when we had started our paperwork, um, I just got this really weird sense that I was like, I think something major is happening in our child's like first mom's life right now. And I just really felt like our baby was already conceived and, um, I really thought they were going to be born early 2018. And I know that sounds so like weird. Yeah, I just weird. really got that feeling. And so to me, I was like, okay, we have to get these things done. Mm-hmm. We need to have a baby shower. This baby's coming. I didn't know this baby's coming. So I had several friends that were really supportive of that and treated me like normal. I had some people in our lives that didn't. And so I would just say, be ask a lot of questions about the baby they are having a baby, like whether you believe it or not, or adopting, even if they're adopting from another country, their child's coming. Yeah. So 
throw the baby shower, ask questions just as you would if they were pregnant, like how they're feeling and what they've been prepping for. Yeah. Offer to throw them a baby shower. Just go have coffee with them because paperwork is so annoying and it just feels lonely and it's just the whole process can be really exhausting. So I would just say ask questions and get excited with them, go shopping with them, buy them a baby item or a kid item, however old, you know, the child is that they're expecting. So yeah, I just say get excited with them. Yeah. Well, I love that point because I, I actually hesitate to ask pregnant moms, how are you feeling? Cause everybody's so Mm -hmm. tired of that. Like, please stop asking me how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. You know what? Like that's such a good question to, first of all, to ask any mom at any point in time in their yeah. journey. Like, how are you feeling today, Elizabeth? <laughs> like, why do we stop asking that after we're pregnant? Um, because it's still important that, to know. But yet to ask, right. like, yes, ask those questions, you know, like, how are you feeling? All right, because you're going through such an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. different and unique. And um, I wouldn't have thought to, yeah, ask those same exact questions. That yeah. You, yeah. And I had one friend that, met with me, I think almost weekly and just, it's really emotional. I know pregnancy is really emotional and there's all these hormones, but with adoption, all adoption, no matter if you do foster care, domestic, international, it's all comes from brokenness and loss. And so while I was so excited, I went through a lot of grief during the process, um, just grieving for their biological family and just for our child, but that's, a really difficult path that they have to go through, even though they didn't realize what was going on. Mm-hmm. One day I'm going to have to tell her this story and walk her through this through her whole life. And that's mm-hmm. just sad and it sucks. And mm-hmm. adoption can be really beautiful, but it's also really broken and it's sad. And um, there's just a lot of grief involved. Um, so I think that was really, that was really powerful for me to have a friend who, Asked, like was excited but also like just listened when I just was crying because I was just so sad for what's going on in this expectant mom's life so yeah yeah it's so it's super important to and even if you're pregnant I feel like um it's important to ask that question because sometimes they're freaked out <laughs> yeah 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 I know right I, I definitely think so and to to mean it with like, with intention, like you said, your friend like really was wondering like, well, what, how are you feeling? Sometimes it's a really quick, like, how are you feeling? Good. Oh yeah. You're tired. Okay. Bye. You know, it's much more valuable to actually sit down and and talk through those things. So that's so, so interesting. I would love to know also from your side of running a business, what was that like going from like, oh my gosh, in (laughs) one month I have to go on like maternity leave, right? Like what's that going to be like? How did you prepare for that side of things? So I would say that was the most stressful part. Um, So I book weddings about a year, year and a half out. Um, So I had weddings booked before we ever knew we were going to start the adoption process. So, and since I had no way of knowing if it was going to be two days or two years for us to get matched with um, an expectant mom, I just had to keep you know, and I just had no idea when it was going to happen. So that was stressful just because I had to hire um, backup photographers to cover my weddings, like just in case. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, I had the sweetest brides during that time. Um, I missed three weddings, which was incredibly stressful. I felt so awful, but I had great photographers cover it and they um, photographed the wedding and then 
I was able to take care of the rest and editing and stuff. So I didn't really get a maternity leave mm-hmm. um, <laughs> just because there's just no way you can plan for that. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're stuck in another state for five to six weeks, yeah, you know, it's you kind of have no choice but to take a maternity leave. Yeah. So, yeah. That was kind of stressful, but looking back, I'm like, you know, it's fine. My brides were great and super sweet and understanding. So it was just one of those things. I was like, this is, this is going to be fine. I just need to relax. There's only so much I can control. Yeah. Yeah. So as as you find out with kids. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. So true. I think that it would be, you know, we can't even have this interview without talking about why we even know each other and that we ended up working together yeah. with your little one and her sleep. Um, so, you know, what, what would you like to look back on and like reflect on those, the, that time where you were kind of surviving bad sleep and then you knew like uh-huh. something had to change. What was that shift like for you? So I kind of was anticipating a longer wait time. And so I had like bought all these books, was going to do all these things, read all the books, learn all the things. Well, I had zero, zero time to do that. So I have not read a single baby book or anything. Mm-hmm. I think when we started working together, you asked me that question. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, I think next time, even though I have worked with you, I'll do the newborn course because I don't even, I mean, yeah, I don't even totally. know what newborns are supposed <laughs> to do with their sleep schedule. I have no idea. Yeah. So I kind of wish I would have done more prep with that. Um, so we worked with you when Nora was going through the four month sleep regression and it was one of those things where I was listening to your podcast and I think you said in the podcast that, yeah, it's fine. You can do it by yourself, but do you have a plan? What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, when she just was not, she was not napping. She was waking up multiple times in the night. I just didn't feel like I just didn't know. I don't know. I've never had a baby before. Right. I don't know what to do. I don't yeah. know what, how they're supposed to sleep. Exactly. Uh, don't they just magically go to sleep when you want them to? Isn't that how that totally. works? They definitely do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, whenever I heard that, I told my husband, I was like, we don't have a plan. We need to hire Becca. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I'm glad you did. Now, yeah. She's sleeping through the night. She's taking two naps a day. She's on her schedule. It's great. Yeah. And it's been like four or five months now. So yeah, it's, awesome. it's been awesome. That. Yeah. So you shared how, you know, you kind of adjusted back in or how you took care of your business side. And I'm kind of jumping from like adoption to a business owner and things like that. Cause I know a lot of listeners also run their own businesses and things like that. How have you, because this is like the million dollar question for everybody. How have you been able to be at home with her and also run your business? How does that work for you? It's different for everybody, right? But how is that, how does that work for you? Yeah. So I started outsourcing as much as I could before she was born. And then the things I felt like I couldn't outsource, um, I narrowed it down enough that I could do it during her nap time, her nap time, because I really didn't want to be working at night because I wanted to spend time with my husband and also I knew I was going to be exhausted. Um, so I pretty much just work, um, when she naps, which was why it was super important that she does take naps and takes them consistently and I don't have to rock her to sleep and it doesn't take forever. So now that's the only way I work. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, a total, 
total nap time work is so key to have that time, that downtime for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as we kind of wrap up like your story and, and, and sweet Nora and all those good things, I would, I know we talked about the encouragement part like that happens and how you can support moms, adoption moms in the beginning, but what kind of encouragement should we take away for supporting adoption moms period, like at all times? Um, I would say educate yourself on the language educate yourself on um, what it's like to have a child with special needs or a child of a different race. Um, A lot of that is involved in adoption a lot of times. Just educate yourself on moms and babies that are different than you. Um, I think that's been the biggest struggle when we came home is that um, having a child that's a different ethnicity than me that was really difficult to navigate, just rude questions, rude comments. Um, when we're out and about, it's pretty noticeable to a lot of people. Not all the time, but um, just we get noticed sometimes. Um, and it's just you feel like you're in the spotlight because, one, it's an adoption story, and two, um, if they're a different race or have different needs, um, I think just support them, listen, ask questions questions, educate yourself, educate your children, um, get books on adoption or how families look different, um, and just really ask the adoptive mom like what you can do um, and good resources so that you can be educated and be a good support to them. Thank you for being here today as Elizabeth and I shared her story and talked about how we can support each other. I hope that you are gaining so much encouragement and excitement about sleep, but also motherhood in this podcast. And if you would do me a huge favor, would you head down to the iTunes and review this? Or perhaps you're on my website listening to it. Leave me a comment. Tell me what you thought. Hearing your feedback keeps this going and going. And I'm so grateful for you. Sweet dreams. See you next time.